and I am back. Welcome back to another episode of Look What I Did. Let's start by thanking our patrons so I don't forget. So first off, thank you, Kathy, Cindy, Brian, Chelsea, Jesse, Travis, Tyler, and Brian. Thank you guys for supporting the show, you and everybody else who supports the show. You can support the show as well. I've said that a lot now. Uh, at patreon.com forward slash look what I did. You can do it for as little as a dollar a month. goes a long way in paying the bills, keeping us on the air. So really appreciated everybody for doing that. Also, you can find us and other finely curated, independently produced podcasts at thevoicepress.com. So there's some really great shows over there as well. This week, we have some really good friends of mine. I'm so excited that I finally got to get them on the show. So excited. Uh, Bob and Kara Fink. Absolutely amazing, wonderful people who I've known for a super long time. Uh, they're, they're just incredible. And a, a few years ago, they started a farm. Um, it's a CSA. And uh, so we just got to sit down and kind of talk about that, talk about a little bit of Bob playing music back in the day. Um, but really just like growing things and you know what farming is like when you do kind of smaller scale farming I mean bigger than anything I would do right but not these giant industrial farms and then we talk a whole whole lot about elderberries uh but with a ton of fun um just just sitting back and kind of catching up with some friends that I haven't been able to see in a while and so hopefully you enjoy this episode as well you'll learn some about farming you'll learn some about just kind of doing new things and um, seeing where life leads, you know, as you go, it's not always exactly what you planned and, uh, and it's really inspiring. It's a ton of fun. So thanks for checking it out this week. Um, look forward to what we have in a couple weeks coming for you guys. Some, another super fun catch up with somebody I haven't talked to in probably a decade. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I guess without further ado, Bob and Kara Fink, enjoy. phones will probably work better because we'll have them like yeah, iMessage and all the and yeah all that like switch over I need to get my house sorted because I like drop a zoom call at least once a day mm-hmm. which has now become an internal work joke of sending out the photo of me that they capture while the screen's frozen and then people meme it and send it back and I'm like <laughs> really <laughs> it's for like like the level above me it's not like, your face is always like yeah, I'm always like a horrible like. Oh, uh, there was one that like that's ten minutes into a call, like you just get to look at Daniel. Yeah. <laughs> There's one that has the face that goes with the caption. I think I farted. Because oh. <laughs> you know so, we take our jobs seriously, obviously. So seriously. Um. Cool. So let's start with who you are and what you do. I've been recording for a while. See how I tricked you into it. <laughs> So simple. Who we are. Oh, I'm Bob Fink. And um, yeah, the reason I'm here as far as what, you know, is um, I am a Hazel Valley farmer. <laughs> farm Hazel Valleys? That's the name of your farm. Yeah. Hey, hey, no, the name of the farm is Hazel Valley Farms, which that's so it's kind of confusing, but like it's it's an umbrella, right? Right. And so it's a collective of individual family farms and then you guys do is it csa mm-hmm. is that's that what does that stand for community supported agriculture okay and that's like a, a growing thing because like i'm not familiar with the term but then like i said yesterday because i was talking to you guys a little bit before we started but like yesterday somebody brought me all this stuff and they're like this is my csa haul for the week or whatever and so like what's the idea behind that for like, I don't really understand it, right? Yeah, it's an assortment of, usually it's a predefined, you know, season. So we've got eight weeks in a season, or you can do a 10-week CSA or whatever. Um, but then you have your assortment of, you're eating with the seasons. That's the idea. So like the beginning of the fall CSA, for example, ours Pumpkin is Pumpkin spice lattes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's seasonal food, right? <laughs> Right, the corn dogs and the, <laughs> yeah. so it starts Cotton out. Candy. With, yeah, well, you know. Yeah. Actually, I will sign up for this farm now that we're talking <laughs> that about it. That is our farm. We grow cotton candy. This is the greatest farm on the planet. Yeah, I'm going to call you Bobby Wonka. There was a, a Pee Wee's not 
Big Top Pee Wee. I don't know if you ever saw that one. The one with the bicycle, right? No, no, no. That's that's uh, big. That's big adventure. Big or something. adventure. Okay. Big adventure. This was Big Top Pee Wee. Um, surprised you haven't heard of this. It was twice as big. See- <laughs> uh, but it had. Um, I think Chris Christopherson's in it. If I'm not. Oh, mistaken. then I have to watch it. Because yeah, I he was Papa Pickle Poopala. If I'm not mistaken. And uh, anyway, so the I'm surprised I don't remember it. I'm a little worried about how much you remember from it. Uh, yeah, me too. But there was the coolest thing was he had a uh, hot dog sausage tree tree that had you know that grew hot dogs. So that's yeah, that's how I got into farming. I watched you know a lot of Pee Wee Herman movies and said I want to do that. I I was actually wondering this because as so. I, like full disclosure, I've known you for a long time, but when I met you, you were a musician, I think like full time basically or going yeah. into it. Right. Yeah. And then, well, I spent all my time. Being yeah, okay. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, but then like, and then I knew, I knew you guys bought a house and had some property, but what got you into like the farming piece of it to begin with? Um, well, I mean, for me, it had always been something that, like the idea, you know, the idea of farming as Americans, I mean, it's probably true for every, you know, culture, but you know, that used to be a very defining aspect of who we are. Right. The story of us is everybody has a grandparent or a great grandparent, at least that was a farmer. We're all farmers. We come from farmers. Some people were hunters too. Yeah. And gatherers and (laughs) some made candy canes and, you know, but and cotton candy plants, cotton candy plants, uh, but you know that was that was kind of always there um i I remember um driving down the road and seeing you know rows of crops you know in in southeast arkansas or you know the grape you know vineyards in altus and just that is so cool you know the 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 aesthetics of cultivation are just so appealing to you know they were to me anyway um and then the idea, you know, um, of this is kind of Americana, this is our heritage, you know, and um, <clears throat> so those things were kind of already there. I was a history guy, you know, right? and, um, you know, that's, that's there as a foundation. But then my grandfather, he always had a big garden. And, you know, when I got into high school, we had a big garden. And so I got involved personally in, you know, plants and and growing them. And then just there's something cool about that, too. Just being able to walk up to a plant, pull something off and eat it. And you're satisfied instantly, you know, like a hobbit. I will pull the food off somebody else's plant, but I will kill anything. <laughs> I try to grow myself, so I'm out of luck on that. Well, but it, it is green beans straight out of the garden are amazing. Pulling the them right off the plant and popping them in your mouth. There's yeah. something kind of... I mean, my kids, we have a difficult time. They, they do a good job eating vegetables, but, um, you know, sometimes there's some vegetables they're not into. When right. you put them on a plate, you serve them and you, you know, spiced them up. You did all the stuff that, you know, but if they're in the garden, and they'll eat picking stuff anything. Right off the pl- like, <laughs> the, there's just something, you know, on a very primitive level that's, that's satisfying about that, you know? Yeah. And so you, you're, you're growing your food. How cool is that? And then, um, yeah, so that idea was always there in the back of my mind and that, you know, very, um, undeveloped skill set was already there a little bit. Um, I knew I liked it. I knew it was satisfying, you know? Um, and then, yeah, so went to college and, and got into music and, got married, went to California, you know, my, my idea, the profession that I chose, you know, was, right. was music and I still love it. And had it worked, <laughs> had I been able to support my family, you know, um, I'd still be doing it. Right. You know? But I would have always been thinking and dreaming about farming. Jason Mraz has a farm. That's like what he does all his, with all his time. <laughs> Look, if, if, yeah, if, if you, if I was a successful enough musician, you know, I would have, that would have been the end goal is to cash out, stop touring. Cause it, that stuff never, by his definition, to me. maybe you are, you have the farm. Like yeah, <laughs> you we, got there by, hook I or by it. <laughs> exactly. And now, and, and that's 
part of my personal goal is one of these days, you know, when we're completely self-sufficient and I don't need the day job to mm. pay all the bills and, you know, way down the road or maybe not, I don't know, but you know, then I'm going to get back hopefully more invested into songwriting and, you know, recording and doing that thing that I truly love too. I'm still secretly recording stuff. You can come over and hang out. It's, well, you have tons of free time. Is all I, I was going to say, say all the time. The time. Yeah. Like between yeah. my full-time job and my farming job, I'm just right. rolling in free time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's some kids in there too and right, other yeah. things. They take a little bit of time. Yeah. Just, just tiny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but okay. So you start like, I mean, you kind of have a lot of reasons to not, make a business out of a farm, right? Like that's a lot of work and yeah. extra. So what takes you from, or was it immediately fully to, we're going to be a CSA like right off the bat, or did you start growing stuff for yourself and then it just kind of evolved past that? Okay. So we, we both Kara and I, and she can speak more to this. <laughs> she is actually here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kara Fink, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Um, she just doesn't like talking to me. It's fine. <laughs> well, she has an aversion to microphones. Oh, right, right, right. The, the one you gave her stinks. I don't know if you smell that. She's just like It's my old one. Okay. I was just rubbing armpits on it earlier. Well, I saw you stuck. pull it out of your like sneaker, you know, which is gross. It's, but it keeps them protected. We could have just put a lab on her for a couple days until she didn't remember it was there anymore. Yes, and then... please. <laughs> yeah, um, but we, you know... We knew we wanted to, when we got married, you know, prior to getting married, this was the dream. We shared that dream, you know, right. of having some land, trying to be as, you know, self-sustaining as we could. Um, I have your wind power DVD. I found it the other day. Uh, is that mine? Yeah. Cool. Oh, from like Dr. We'd like Fess that back. From, yeah, I've got it. <laughs> Oh, wow. I was going through stuff and I was like, this is Bob's. And I told him I wouldn't lose it and that I would definitely give it back. You didn't lose it. And you're about to, well, you're telling me about it. So, yeah. yeah. So I know where it is. Ish. Nice. Great. <laughs> I know the room it's in. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. So we, we uh, were lucky enough, fortunate enough, blessed enough to, um, to find, care found some property, right. you know, um, and we jumped on it. We went quick and got it. Um, and that was, we weren't going to do that. You know, we were out of, it was a very, um, tenuous place. You know, I was just starting to make enough money to where I, we could think about like next month's bills. You right. Know? Right. <laughs> yeah. Like a little ahead. Right. And so we had a baby, we were pregnant. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Another on the way. So we were, we were at that spot and then, um, and this great deal came, you know, and so we said, well, we're not going to have time to do what we want to do out there, but at least we'll be out there and we can just get little bits done knowing that we weren't going to be able to fully lean into it for a long time. Right. And then, of course, you get out there and it's like, well, we got to do it. We got to go. We got to get it done, you know. And so that's, uh, yeah, that was what we signed up for. Um so look what we did. <laughs> you know, we, we You're the first guest ourselves. to do that, I think, maybe. <laughs> That's too I'm bad. I'm going to make a merit badge. You know, give the... Cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have to learn how to that, sew first, so it's going to be a while. Okay. Oh, I can make you... I have a vinyl cutter and like heat Perfect. press thing, so I Perfect. can make you a t-shirt. Beautiful. Well, I'm glad I, I came. Yeah, yeah. It's a... <laughs> All right. So... Um, Anyway, we had we had the property. That's kind of square one, right? Having some farmable land mm -hmm. with water, that's really foundational, right? You know, um, but it's not necessary either for for any of you aspiring farmers. Um, the, I mean, urban farming is is a big deal. So like, you can rent a house and have some property there you know if you're just like some raised garden beds in the backyard or something absolutely know. and there's even you know farms in urban areas that um you know like the entire quarter acre or whatever is just like nothing but vegetables you know right and and they're leasing that property or whatever it's a corner lot or something that hasn't you know, doesn't have a house on it right. and people are making like 
making a living. That's all they're doing is farming, right? And then yeah. bicycling the, the food around or whatever, you know, it's like there's so many cool opportunities out there. But for us, we wanted the land. We, that's the route we wanted to go. We wanted to not live in the city anymore. Right. Um, <clears throat> so that's what, that's what happened. And it worked out. And it's a beautiful place. It's in Hazel Valley. Um, hence the name. Which is out, like, you guys are kind of by the uh, White River Middle Creamery. Oh, right? yeah. Aren't they out there? The yeah. goat cheese. Mm-hmm. I bought yeah. some cheese from them not too Dude. long ago. Yeah, You're going to look down on me, but I finally went to the farmer's market for the first time ever, <laughs> like a month ago, maybe. I, I just, it's great. I always worked Saturdays, right? So I never had the chance to go. And I went and just kind of, and to your point, like, y- there's a ton of people. I, this is probably understood by everybody but me but i was shocked by like the number of different vendors with veg- like selling stuff and really good like a diverse number of yeah. things i didn't mm-hmm. even know you could get locally yeah northwest arkansas particularly I mean, there's a thrive you gotta have you know the demand you right. know before it, and so like a lot of things you have to kind of work backwards and you're thinking if, if it's a viable commercial thing that you're trying to do, which again, back to the story, it wasn't, you know, we, right. were, we were just trying to get out there, but we had um, a group of friends that we had had this conversation, you know, with, and they shared the same vision, right? you know, and, and um, so they were kind of in on this, you know, we told them that, Hey, we're, we found this land, we're moving. Um, and before too long, you know, they moved <laughs> from, uh, where were Laura and John at, at that point? They were in Minnesota, Minnesota or they, Seattle, maybe. Oh yeah. They moved from yeah. Washington. They, they yeah. moved from Seattle, Washington down here. And then, um, the Millers, Angela and Dan, they, in Pennsylvania. they were in Pennsylvania. At the, or no, they're in Maryland. Oh, okay. They're yeah. in Maryland and they moved. So it was like, okay, well. Let's do it. Let's do it. They're here. And um, some heavy investment on their part. Seriously. Like, I mean, they're for reals, you know, because yeah. we were for real. Yeah. So, um, so then it was like, well, we collectively can do a lot more. And the idea was, you know. Eventually, they're going to find some land themselves. We have our own, you know, uh, small family farms, but we combine our powers here and we have, you know, this collective. So that was the idea of the the commercial aspect of it was necessary because none of us were doing work full time. That was like fully what we wanted to do. Right. Right. That wasn't our passion necessarily. It was, we were doing it, not that we hated it or anything else. It was just, it's rare to find a job that's your passion, (laughs) right? Like everybody says like, do what you love. But honestly, most of the time we're doing the work that like pays for us to like, I, so I, a few years ago worked for a, a company and I was just, done and i'd been doing that kind of work for a long time right and it it just wasn't fueling the creative juice like i needed something and there was this book like uh quit quitter and he was talking about the fact like don't quit your job just view it as like this is the thing i do the to that funds the things that i want to do because like that view that your job is your whole like you have 120 hours a week or whatever right like outside of a work week maybe that is your life. So like look at it as this just funds mm-hmm. vacations or family time or a farm or right. Like, or making music or whatever the thing is. And like, that's how I see it. It's a small yeah. price to pay. And, and most people don't have, if you think globally, very few countries are sitting around and like, what would I like to do? It's like, this is what's available. That's what I'm going to do. You know, I mean, even in America, there's people that are a ton of people that we just have to do, I was having this conversation with somebody not that long ago, like a couple generations ago, our grandparents were traveling across the country to be lumberjacks or door to door salesmen, not because that was what they loved to do, but that was how they were going to get food on the table. And I think that dialogue of like, you have to love your job and this should be everything like is relatively a recent conversation, right? Like it's, it's a weird way to look at it. And if you're, 
were you and I talking about this a couple months ago? Like if, if the idea is I have to love what I do for work, you're going to be miserable. It's yeah. A, it's, because it's most people don't. So you're is. always going to wonder why you're sad because yeah. I should love this, you know, or whatever kind of thing. And I, I don't think that's where you should be pursuing a sense of fulfillment. Right. Like, right. To me. No, I mean, that being said, I love my job. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. me too. Me too. Absolutely. <laughs> I really do actually love my job, but I got super lucky on what I do. You you brought up an interesting point, though, is like kind of what I was saying earlier, too, is, you know, our grandparents and our grandparents, mm-hmm. grandparents or whatever. Um, one of those jobs that we wouldn't be caught dead doing, you know, because we don't have to is farming. Right. Like, yeah, that's. So that whole full circle is really interesting to me. It's like, you know, the Jodes move out to California, then they come back to, to Arkansas eventually, you know, yeah. or Oklahoma. But so, it's, you know, I because I think there is a movement happening right now. You know, it's been happening really since the 60s, but it's people that are um, concerned about where their food comes from, you know, and the methods that went into producing that food. Um, Do you think there's something to the tangibility of it too, though? Like, like if you look at the maker movement, right? Like people building stuff, Mm -hmm. like I'm making my own furniture or whatever in the nineties, that wasn't a thing, right? Like my dad built it because we had no money. And so he just had to build the bed frame that we slept on. Right. But like, I almost personally feel this kind of like, everything's so convenient and I can, you know, press a button and get Wayfair or food delivered to my house. And so I think for some people, even outside of like sourcing, there's also that, like, I did a thing, you know, like physically constructed a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think it's just kind of like an unconscious or maybe a subconscious rejection of it shouldn't be this easy. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? And, 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 or maybe we need to create, like you need to grow, yeah. you need to do, you need to. I think that's it. I think that's it. You know, I mean, I think that's um, the image in which we were made. You know, I think that's like, that's like the most essential aspect of what makes us human, you know, is that, that need to create. Cause I mean, when you guys like pick fresh vegetables from the garden or fruit or whatever grows there, cotton candy. Um, Like there's probably a sense of like sit back at the table and you bite into the corn or the okra or whatever the thing is. Right. And there's this like deep sense of satisfaction you don't get from. Yes. Right. Like, yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. It's to have everything on the table that came from our property. For me, that's huge when that meal is made and it's completely you know, from the garden to the table. Oh yeah. Like we did it. It feels good. Yeah. Um, I mean, that is one of the objectives, you know, but again, the commercial component of it, you know, in case some, because, you know, that was the next piece. That was the, that was the thought process was, okay, we love doing this. And then as we started doing it, we started like, yep. Confirmed. We really do love this. And then, and then it's like okay well and i'm sure you know this it's like from anything once it becomes the job right it kind of loses like you can't go luster you can't go back to the garden (laughs) right right yeah yeah. um so that's that is what happened for sure um although we still love it and i think have um you know big eyes thinking about you know the future and things to come big right. ideas and it excites us still or makes us nervous uh, it's the same thing i hear um <laughs> but anyway uh yeah same chemical reaction yeah, okay thanks <laughs> um so anyway the the um commercial component of it 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 was we said okay, if we could just be doing this as our day job, that, that eight hours, then like we could be, you know, hanging out with kids and making music and doing all those other things. Like that becomes the dream, right? Right, If you can replace the day job with one of your passions, you know, you know, just the way it works. So I knew with music and with like a lot of things, it's like, once that becomes your job, it's going to, you're going to lose something there. 
be like, what office job can I get as a break from my <laughs> farming <laughs> job? Exactly. Exactly. It's a vicious cycle all the time. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It's, and, but it's a big leap to commercial, right? Like just like, oh, we're going to now. And that's all well and good on paper, right? Like, okay, we'll grow this much stuff and then we'll sell it. But the, you know, a conversation we've had a lot of times on the show is it seems daunting to start a farm. And it is, there's a lot of work, a lot of logistics, I'm sure that goes into making that work. But then the really, the uphill battle is like, okay, now I need consumers or listeners Mm -hmm. or an audience, right? Like, and you become the street team for your farm. Now Mm -hmm. all of a sudden you're putting posters up in Facebook ads and whatever you guys do, I don't know what you do, Mm -hmm. but, um, how did you guys approach getting that out and look, I don't even know where I would start, right? Like getting the audience for my CSA. Well, you have to like, I mean, so yes, it's a business, you know, right. and we, we started with an LLC. That's not where we started, but like, you know, we, you once we one. knew that we were, but did you guys like go to farmer's markets or set up a we don't. wagon no. on the side of we don't. like, how do you, but how are you bringing people not that we wouldn't. You. It's right. just like we don't have the and I the Fayetteville's farmers market. You're, you're right. Is like outstanding. Right. It's one of the coolest. You know, Bentonville's got a really great one. I mean, this is a great place for for as community supported agriculture for like community supported everything. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's a good spot. Um, but we. We had to, you know, we, we started doing research into models, viable commercial models. Right. One of the things that we said is, okay, we need, you know, a cash crop as it were, you know? And so we looked at elderberries, but it takes a couple of years before, you know, at best, before you're going to make some money. Good thing you know? they legalize that other stuff. That really right. jumps well, you guys right up there. There's, there's plenty of cash crops. <laughs> I'm kidding, crops. I'm kidding. <laughs> <of cash> <clears throat> so um, elderberries is a cash crop? I don't even know, like what, like, so elderberries seem to be a big thing. Like I hear a lot of people talk about it. I don't understand the elderberry. I think Kara explained it to me one time and it's in one ear out the other because (laughs) I'm bad with plant stuff. But what's the thing with elderberries? Well, it's just, it's like, okay. Um, you know, a few years back, like I say a few back when your dad was making a table, right? Right. Uh, How many times did you see pomegranate? You know, juice or whatever right or yeah you know it's like something comes along that scientists identify as like high in antioxidants or this like, is a super know, food it's a super or, food yeah. of some sort or another and you know elderberry you know is, is the current is one one of the current ones i think more people there's again the demand is increasing you know for superfoods globally stuff that you know has obviously been around since you know it became a plant um however long ago but um like how mentally in my head there's actually a moment where this thing's like i'm gonna be a plant right? that's what i'm gonna do when i grow up <laughs> <laughs> an elderberry plant gonna... just you wait i'm gonna be popular you can just make sure you love it <laughs> just do, yeah. you gotta love it nurture it uh Anyway, yeah, so it's a thing now, um, and they're good. They're they're really good for you, um, and I think that <clears throat> over, it's kind of one of those places too, just market wise, where at this moment in time, the the profit margins relatively high. Right. They're not a real fussy plan in terms of you know it's a perennial, um, you know, they do need some. Which means well. <laughs> blooming all the time i don't know no, anything about plants time. like oh boy yeah i mean we just have to start over on the i'm gonna need a whiteboard start, and diagrams my grandma used to make fun of me because she's like you're interested in everything except for plants and rocks i was like mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty much i know there's a difference <laughs> yeah i know that one doesn't decide it's going to be an elderberry one day that's right or maybe that's, that's right. how it started i don't know it could be that's so a book annual it blooms every year right or yeah it's it's grows you don't have to replant them like they're just there it's a bush it's a shrub that's going to continue to wait does an annual have to be replanted an annual does have to be replanted and then a perennial doesn't have to be that is correct i learned a thing yes all right interview over i'm good no (laughs) (laughs) okay so it's annual perennial perennial i already failed the test it's it's there i mean we 
30 years, 40 years, nobody's even sure, you know, because they haven't really been, I mean, people have been, you know, using elderberries for a long time, you know, uh, for medicinal reasons and, and others. All the way um, back to the Crusades, according to Monty Python, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. The first time I ever heard elderberry. Mother, yeah. smells like elderberry. I, somebody said something about an elderberry plant. I was like, is that a joke? Because I honestly just thought it was from Monty Python. I didn't know it was a real plant. <laughs> Well, I'm really sharing my ignorance today. That's uh, you guys can look down on me later. <laughs> no, so it, it's the most hitting smile. I love it. Like a southern old lady over here with Bob. Oh, bless your soul. <laughs> but he's so sweet. No, he can. He can talk about elderberries all day. Bob can. <laughs> oh yeah. Like how I picked the one plant. Yep. Well, so yeah, it is an interesting plant, and, and there is it, it is in Europe. Um, but it's a different variety. Um, uh, so the one that's here, uh, the one in Europe is Sambicus nigra. This is Sambicus canadensis. Oh, okay. If, if I'll write Latin. that down. You following? Yeah. Only, yeah. yeah Perfect. Too. So the stuff here is has the same health benefits as over there. People have been eating it forever, been using it forever for many different reasons. It wasn't a commercial plant really until mid-century. Um, I know that's not true. Uh, like late 1900s, I would say actually. Okay. But it was commercially used as a colorant and still is by some, uh, some companies. I think Dr. Pepper looked in like would they were making some kind of organic drink so does it make like a reddish color or yeah, like purplish red? Okay. Um, but it's it stains, you know, it's it's legit. And so like back before they had synthetic dyes and everything, right? That was kind of one of its uses. But it's it's a wild plant. I mean, it grows everywhere, um, and we still forage it. You know, it's, we're yeah. gonna take you after yeah. this. Ooh, field trip. Yes. Yeah. I'm gonna I mean, show you an elderberry plant. Sugars and ticks. Yes. And, My favorite and things. That's, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but any odds, uh, more recently, I would say, you know, within the last 20 years or so, um, Missouri in particular, along the Missouri river, some of these row crop farmers who have just, you know, decimated their soil, a right. lot of them. And, you know, there, like I said, there's this movement that started happening in the sixties and seventies where people wanted to be, you know, more vigilant about, you know, their land about that, you know, embracing and, and, you know, shepherding like a better, um, better cultivation. And so Cause like cycling crops plays into that, right? Like you sure. shouldn't grow the same thing over and over. You should switch it out. I right. Think. Which is like ancient. <gasps> I wisdom. knew a thing about plants. You do. Yeah. Extra credit. <laughs> yeah. <You do. laughs> it's, it's ancient wisdom, but you know, it's like <clears throat> the pressures in our modern food systems to produce corn or soybean or whatever. Yeah. And like, those are, you know, yeah, very tough on the soil, corn especially. Right. You know? um, so anyway, some of these farmers up in Missouri started growing commercially, started growing elderberry commercially. And which, I mean, that's really interesting because there wasn't a market at that So they point. made a market. They made a market, yeah. That's and, cool. And there, there's some... You know, it wasn't just happening there. I know there was a guy up in Quebec that was doing the same thing. So it was like starting because probably some research had been done, you know, on elderberry. And they realized, wow, this really has like particularly what it does to the human immune system. You know, it just bolsters it. And like you just... I can't make this claim, but like, I, I know that I, as a non-scientist, as a non-scientist <laughs> who's not, well, I am trying to sell elderberry, so I can't say this, but you know, it's, it's, uh, I don't get sick much. I can say that, you know, like hardly at all since I started taking elderberry. Right. While people all around also me living in a plastic bubble and it's a pandemic so i don't know if this is really the right time to call out that the <laughs> yeah i, I mean, also didn't get sick last I have year a space but i helmet on my house yeah. <laughs> um but anyway i don't know i, I don't want to go too far it's it's not for me to say but what right. i do know is it's it's done you know i don't get sick anymore right um 
and I'm sure it will at some point, probably, you know, as soon as we leave here. Um, <laughs> but uh, that's one of the the things that's widely cited as like, oh, this right. is great for you. Cause well, I mean, there's other natural, like that's not an unfounded claim, right? Like, I mean, vitamin C's and like, right? right? Like, so yeah. there's... Yeah, a Rona berry, a there, There's other there's stuff so we take that also shows right. boosting immune system. So it's not an outrageous claim, I wouldn't think, right. at all. Um, I think some people get sick less often than other people just in general. But like, yeah. I think yeah. also like eating organically anything probably helps because you're... Agreed. Right? Like the pollens or whatever, like you... Um, I know honey is a big thing to like eat mm -hmm. local honey helps offset like some allergies and stuff. And Definitely I assume that probably... Which we have honey too. That's pretty helps too. You guys have honey. Yeah. You guys have bees. We have bees. bees. Yeah, you need to come out. Yeah. Well, I need an invitation. Oh, I think I can remember how to get there. Uh, yeah, I didn't know you guys had bees. I'm all yes. about some honey. That's... Well, we're we're really a friend of ours is doing all the heavy lifting we're not, there. Yeah. We're just kind of the actual. Oh, you guys are at the management level now and just supervising <laughs> like Larry Bush over there, please. I just wanted a bee suit. <laughs> Do you have one? Uh, he let me borrow one. Yeah, oh, that's so, so cool. I wear it around all the time. It's, well, you're just, wearing it now. I'm yeah, say, exactly. Like, yeah, with the space helmet just to make sure you don't get sick. Sure. The, yeah. Or Us Canadians are very contagious. It's <laughs> a, you'll, you'll contract a bad sense of humor. Um, <laughs> Okay, so elderberries, obviously, like you guys grow other stuff as well. Um, do, do avocados grow here? No, mm -mm. they're growing California. I wish they grew here too. That's a superfood. Yeah, and so good. Super good. Yeah, I also never get sick, and I'm pretty sure it's because of avocados. Yeah. I'm just throwing that out there, there as not a scientist yes. or anybody that knows anything about plants. <laughs> but uh, avocados, I think, are also up there, right? Like they're, they're considered like you. a pretty. Oh like, yeah, they don't boost your immune system food. probably. I don't know. I they're a good I'm, fat for your brain. They are, yeah. So it's, and they're uh, delicious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That yeah. I, so, um, but you guys decide to start a commercial piece of it, and I know that's where we're going. So, the, like elderberry is the cash. Like that was your initial cash. It was the idea. Like it was to, the idea. Yeah, okay. because the the margins high. It's it's something that we're not having to you know like vegetables. We're out there. Every day, multiple hours, fussing over you right. know, tomatoes and this and that. You, you guys know, have just, deer probably. And we do. Yeah. And, and they've been really tough on the elderberry too. But, yeah. So, yeah. And that's that's a reality too. I mean, you just like farming ain't easy at turns I mean, you guys out. have bears, right? We do. We do. Yeah. So, I mean, that's also <laughs> going to be an issue with. Your, they've knocked like, down our fence before they, into yeah. our yeah, garden they don't yeah. really care about our crops no they it's don't interesting the you bees we, we have them, like you guys can yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've got an understanding yeah <laughs> you don't come here i won't go there yeah. no but i mean i think that's another piece of farming that gets especially if you're an urban farmer right like you're you're probably not going to encounter some of those issues right. quite <laughs> as much there's a lot of deer in that's, that, true. that's true that's true there are a ton of two yeah a lot um but you may have a six foot privacy fence that's going to slow mm -hmm. some stuff down oh, a little yeah. bit more, you know, depending on where you are, rooftop garden or whatever you have. But right. like that, I imagine that's also like a whole nother piece of work is just the, not the maintenance of the crop, but the maintenance of keeping the crop oh, yeah. alive. Like, right. right. Like, oh, it's, it's stressful. Yeah. Especially having a CSA cause you're relying on that to, yeah, you have to be able to produce. You it. have to. Yeah. So yeah. It's it's stressful. Like that aspect of it is stressful for me. Do you guys have like have you had a year where just like something came like a bug or something came in and oh, it was yeah. just like Every going year. after? Yeah. But is it always the same or like have you gotten new ones where you have to figure out how to stop it? Yes. Every year. It's Every something year like new. Yeah. Cucumber beetles, hornworms, squash yeah. bugs. You know, it's just always spotted wing drosophila. There's always something. Something you have to figure out. Like on the spot or it's it, gone. So I mean, you see yeah. like something eating out a leaf and then you have to look up right. like research. Yes. What does this and start to problem solve that? Right. Basically. Which, again, it, it, you, you know, we don't, we come from farm families, but there was that huge gap, right? Right. Like everybody. And yeah. so we are, we were learning this anew, you know, um, from 
the internet, from YouTube, from books, you know, from academic resources, which does really, you know, that's, that's huge. I mean, that's what I was going to say about the Missouri, the cash crop, the elder right. is like university of Missouri really latched onto it. And so that's really, you know, a tremendous resource for elderberries, um, all things elderberries really. University of Missouri. Mm-hmm. Bob's been to a conference. Oh, guest speaker, <laughs> keynote speaker. Uh, no, <laughs> working on it though. Yeah, one of these days. Um, Elderberry club. So, I didn't know it was a thing. <laughs> it yeah, is. I didn't know it was. A, yeah, there, I guess there was a conference. Daniel, for this is a big deal. Uh, yeah, Elderberry conferences. I'm gonna have to buy tickets next. He year, came home so excited. I had no idea. My I also didn't up. know your infatuation with elderberries. This yeah. is really a fascinating. Well, I love them. I think they're really good for folks. I think they're, it's a good crop to grow. It's still in an, its infancy. I think it's past its infancy. It's in toddler stage now, I think. There's there's a decent amount out there, which, um, you know, that's a good thing. It's a good thing. I mean, I was going to veer you out of elderberry, but we're just going to stay in this lane, I guess. So what? how do I prepare? Like, how, we like, can how, go to how, any how lane. You, nope, we can't. I tried. And Bob was like, err, err. Like, I, we are not think, taking that exit. I feel like our farm partners would agree. Bob and the elderberry. Well, yeah. Like, Bob, can I just take the wheel for one second? No, no, no. no. We're going to elderberry lane. That's uh, You got me on it. No, but I mean, I think a genuine question, like, what, it, like, Am I using as a jam, a pie filling, like just raw, like what? We take it as a syrup just for immunity. Oh, so like, like. But you can make. Like reduce it down into a syrup. And yeah. Then, mm-hmm. Cook it down, mix it with like honey herbs, and honey. Ginger and all that stuff. Um, I give it to the kids every day. I'll give you some. I'll make you some. sweet? So I, I don't know. It's if not. Had like the berries are not. Um, they're kind of gross. <laughs> Okay. No, I they're don't, tart. They're really don't they're, say that in front of Bob. I, <laughs> no, I, I, I and Kara do. disappeared from Hazel disappeared. Valley Farms <laughs> <laughs> because uh, they're actually they have they have a very um, distinct flavor. I think that's and, how and my mom not, describes and me, not and bad. I'm not her favorite. <laughs> so that's well, you're uh, not sweet. I see what you're saying now. You're not sweet. Just she's like, like he's a very distinct. Well, he's alive. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, they like like a rhubarby. I'm after this podcast. I'm going to grab yeah. some because I saw some over here in this, this behind this fence. Right, you know, we should definitely rob my neighbors. I think that's a great idea. No, uh, it's, it's on the <laughs> they're not going to care. I'm, I'm kidding. Yeah, that's the thing. It's a weed to everybody. You know, it's just a weed. I, I guarantee you, you've seen elderberry before or elderflower. Most people have seen because it kind of looks like Queen Anne's lace a little bit. You know, you're uh, driving huh? down the road. You know, those white. Flowers. I mean, you know nothing about plants, do you? I, I really nothing. like. I realize we're not friends after this. I got that. Like, I I just understand. But I have taken a year of transparency, and I'm just going to tell you. Yeah, I have no idea. I don't All know. All right. Well, do you want to go for a drive and show me plants? Absolutely. That I will immediately little, forget. Yeah, I'm sure that would be a very intriguing and engaging drive for you. Um, no, they're they're just. You know, panicles of little white flowers, and you've seen them before. They grow in ditches oh, yeah, yeah. along the side of the road. Okay, I think I do, because there was like a hill that had like, I don't know if they're always white, but it, there were a bunch of white and yellow mm-hmm. and blue and purple no. on the hill, but they were little. Okay, nope, I'm right. wrong. I'm I don't know, wrong. But the, your listeners, no doubt. Uh, <laughs> they are all much smarter people than I am, for sure. Or, or they're just like entirely annoyed by the length of this you know circle that we've been going around um, i tried to save them <laughs> you did you did uh and we can stop talking about and then i'm like what does it taste like and you're like well we'll let you try it I'm like that doesn't help anybody <laughs> other than me coming back and be like well elderberries exist and you they just, taste like you need it's really you hard need to, to describe it with, the you need taste. to pair it with honey or yes. something sweet that's that's all that's what i was trying to say right it's just right. missing some sweetness and then you give it a little sweetness and it's actually really good but nobody just very few people just, just gonna eat it yeah straight yeah. yeah it's it's always a component and you know people make elderberry wine um or elderflower wine you can eat the flowers have all these great qualities yeah. too you know so there's those things people use the jams. flowers yeah, you can actually make the flower into flour, you know. Oh, wow. And, um, there, there's a ton of... It's got multiple 
Yeah. yeah. Well, that's why I kind of went to rhubarb because like I would never eat rhubarb by itself, but if I pair it with strawberries and a whole ton of sugar, yeah. mm-hmm. strawberry rhubarb pie is my favorite pie, right? right. Like, so sometimes having that like off, not off flavor, but mm-hmm. atypical flavor mm-hmm. profile. Like I started doing a, a basil banana bread with orange zest and like that basil is just this kind of like. It shouldn't be there, but it's actually what makes and it. And it's really yeah. good, right? Like, because it just, like, surprises your palate. And so, right. like, I could see elderberry being used in that fashion. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, I'm a fan, obviously. It's good stuff. But People used to eat sunflower, or uh, dandelions, huh? right? Dandelions are consumable. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, the, can the, we make that a cash crop? Because I could grow those, I could grow those <laughs> extremely well. Like, I, I can be a CSA of dandelions, <laughs> yes. and you can make jewelry out of it. And yeah, anything can a be faint a cash dye. crop. Like, if, there's, if, there's, if there's enough cash to buy the crop, <laughs> it's a cash crop, you know. Well, anything's a cash crop if people are willing to buy it. That's I don't know it. If, that's the thing. I feel that's... like there's stiff competition in the dandelion world, and that's kind of where we were at. You know, with any business, it's like you have to determine demand, you know. And so I think we felt comfortable in this community in Northwest Arkansas because of the success of the farmer's market, because of the people that we knew that, you know, um, and just within a short amount of time, you know, we saw Whole Foods pop up and we saw ONF, you know, turn expand and expand. And, yeah. and it's still like they're busting out the seams. Everybody's still like. It's more popular now than it was, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a great location, too. Which Even yeah. though they have a competitor, you know, yeah. Yeah. right down the road. So it's um, all that's encouraging. People are, I think, more in tune to eating you know, higher quality food because absolutely one of the things we learned, you know, it's, you can eat some strawberries, you can eat some spinach, you can eat whatever, but if it's grown, you know, with these methods that like, basically there's no minerals, there's no nutrients in the soil. It's just like, you know, uh, you're just eating, you know, some crispy water. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. exactly. Um, and so how you grow it, Really it's all matters. about the soil. Yeah. yeah, it really is. I was all excited about adding more vegetables to my diet, but now you guys are making me feel like I'm not doing enough and I have to like... You'll just have to get some from us. Join the CSA. If you have an extra <laughs> spot, Bob will be like, he's not allowed in. He doesn't actually care about plants. <laughs> you have to be really passionate or you're out. We're not selling to a plant hater. <laughs> it's a very exclusive CSA. These are plants. I like consuming them. I just don't know. You're just going to yeah. let them die. <laughs> He won't even care of singing a lullaby before he consumes them. No. Um, but, but so I, I think sometime before the hour long elderberry conversation, we were talking about how you got people, like, how did you get people to, to you? Was it just like talk to friends first and then word of like mouth or did you guys like definitely word of mouth, Facebook, yeah. Facebook, I think uh, you can Instagram. I mean, we did all the social media network stuff. We connected with people, you know, yeah, we reached out to friends and, you know, coworkers and friends of friends and whatever. We did everything we could because we were at some point, again, when we decided to take the commercial route. Yeah. Um, we said, okay, to do this, like we don't have the money. So we took out a loan and that's when it got real. Oh, you know? yeah. You guys took a loan out to we start? T- we took so a loan a serious, out to start. Like- mm-hmm. And now so, you're doing podcast circuits and you know, like, kind of living exactly. a high life. It's all PR now. You right. never even get to farm anymore. Uh, <laughs> is this well, your first podcast? Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Thanks. Thank you. Well, yeah. Thank you. It's fun. It only took me two years to get you here. <laughs> We're busy. Yeah, We're know, on the farm. Super, which is good though. Are you guys yes. close to capacity on like the number of people that you can take? On the for the CSA, yeah, uh, I think we still have probably twelve spots open or so. I have it, a few. It, so we it starts September the first week of September. So yeah, I mean the the slots are limited. Yeah, right, obviously, um, and that so, runs through the end of October. Yes, mm-hmm. it, this one's an eight week. We've done them um, ten weeks. We've have done we done a twelve? I don't know. We've, we've, we've done, done a few now. We I did mean, take a break this spring just because we needed it. Um, we didn't do a spring So we kind of lost some steam there, but uh, we're coming coming back. It, and risky move because sometimes it's hard like, when you take know. that pause what? to come back. And it was a big decision, it's but it decision. was also like 
we needed just it. Yeah, had it was, been run ragged. So yeah. it was one of those where we all were like, you know what? We have to. So every like the whole group was mm-hmm. just like, we're going to sit out. Yeah. Because you guys could lean, like give one couple a, you know, every third thing off or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. Which but we've done. Yeah, we've done that. Yeah, we have. Yeah, that worked really well because in the beginning it was just all hands on deck all the time. Yeah. So no one's ever getting a break during that time. And that's hard. Yeah. No, so, I mean, it's a ton of work and you guys are holding is, down yeah. jobs and right. raising kids. Kid and, always, and there's all that other stuff happening oh, too. Oh, yeah. How long is the uh, cotton candy sausage tree season? Is that the 12 week one? You just missed it. Sign, you did. Uh, yeah. It it's starts, pretty pricey. It starts the day after tomorrow, <laughs> or what is <laughs> next the Tuesday? Sign when it's like it's the always like it'll always be the future, right? Whatever the sign right. is. Um, so word of mouth, you guys are like coming close to capacity ish. It seems like like mm-hmm. twelve spots left open. What's the next season? It's spring, I guess. Yeah, we won't. So we'll probably just do direct sales to O&F and over the, we have a high tunnel, which makes a huge difference because we can. Which is like a giant greenhouse. Thank you. All right. Um, Kara helping. And so we can grow well into December. Gotcha. First part of December, um, which is cool. You know that. So we'll have, we'll just do direct sales probably to O&F. We. We sell to uh, Fox Trail Distillery. Um, oh, nice. So that's kind of a cool partnership that we have there. What do um, they do with it? They make gin. Interesting. Out of like juniper berries. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we forage wild stuff all the time. Yeah. You know, elderberries, elderflower. Um, <laughs> Some other thing that probably grows out there. We have to get them off track. So I'm imagining that the fall crop, <laughs> this is going to be a guess because we know I don't know anything, but fall crops I always feel are going to be like squashes and mm-hmm. right, like right. that. I don't know what else. Squash, that was what I had. Mm-hmm. Um, and then spring, I feel it's like cucumbers and tomatoes. And Our fall is going to be cucumber, tomatoes. Have cucumbers and yeah. tomatoes in the fall. So it grows in the spring. Cucumbers and tomatoes yeah. as well. So all, Lettuces. All so like the, the shoulder seasons are really, that's what we focus on, which is, you know, like spring and fall. Right. And they extend into summer, you know, kind of overlap. Right. And <clears throat> traditionally August would be our time off, but that's when elderberries kind of. <laughs> We're not getting away from them. This is the most amazing. I'm making you a t-shirt or something. That's a. Elderberries. <laughs> Are you yeah. self-conscious about your elderberry love? <laughs> yeah, no, it's Not just until a, today. it's a echo and there's a loop. I can't stop. Uh, no, it's just it's it's a component. Well, it's a cornerstone one. crop. It seems like for you. I, yeah, I think it's important. Yeah, um, but, I do too. Yeah, um, for sure. So anyway, um, yeah, and the thing about the vegetable gardening is like it's it's so ty- we love it. So don't. You know, right, right. But it's like before I go to work in the morning, I'm down there for two hours, you know, watering, doing all the stuff, go to work. Um, If I'm working from home, I might pop down there during my lunch break, knock out a few more things after work. We eat dinner. We all go down as a family for a few more hours. You know, like that's a pretty normal day for us. Right. Um and during this time of year during this time of year because there's a csa right um so i don't know we may continue doing the csa we may not it's just it's it's really challenging because you've got all these different kinds of vegetables you know that you're trying to load into somebody's bag every week and you want there to be a diversity right week to week we do a lot of succession planning so we have the same vegetables you know um each week right while that season's great but like when you're dealing with these shoulder season seasons um you know what's going on hot and heavy at the beginning of september is not what's going on at the the end of october it's like so i mean one of those crops that just completely failed for us this year was watermelon. Good job um, not saying elderberry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well. Well, elderberry would never fail you, would it? 
Uh, so, watermelon failed. Well, look, we got a lot of watermelon. It was great for us, I guess. Personally. I don't know if it completely has, but yeah, it, but it got an something got it. One of the challenges of organic farming is that you Can know you, pass out? you have pets. Oh yeah, we have, have really have to deal with that stuff and um even if you skip a day it can you know if you're not on it it can can imagine yeah Yeah. i can't i mean what it had people over monday and we ate outside and like there was a little kid over and uh her you know her dad hadn't been here before right so they just like left the plates on the table and i brought one in and um it was dark outside. And so like I set it on the counter and then turn around and it was just covered in ants because mm-hmm. I hadn't thought it, but like, it's just immediate, right? Oh, like yeah. if you leave, like I don't have an ant problem until all of a sudden maybe you have an ant problem if right. you're not careful. So I can imagine like it can beetles happen. or whatever oh, yeah. just immediately. And birds. you look down and you're like, wow, half the crop has been eaten. Like yeah. Now what? <laughs> yeah. So that happens every year, you yeah. know, with something, you know, and you just have to deal with it. Yeah. And it, and it sucks but it's what it's what it is yeah yeah it's cool there's kind of a this sort of three investigators piece though of like trying to figure out like what the solve is for this pest or get ahead of it or yeah remediate it or whatever the situation becomes yeah i mean and and you know you get to tuck it into your notebook for for next year dan's our farm manager and he is like so much more knowledgeable and better at all this stuff than than I am than Kara is like he's he's like really locked in right and well you guys are specialists uh, what, are, what specialist. are we specialists in? elderberry specialists okay. I mean yeah why even ask <laughs> uh yeah I'm teasing but it's a, like but that's uh yeah I think it's really cool to have seen because you know I was there when you guys got the property and kind of talked about like mm-hmm. and I think you had like a little garden kind of off to the side but like to just watch this grow and turn into something that's you know, potentially like a business or, I mean, I guess it definitely is a business, how that business goes, whether it's CSA or direct sales is direct sales easier than, I mean, you'd still have the crop. Direct sales to right? like, like ONF or, or yeah, Fox um, trail or. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I would say, I would say it's a lot easier. Um, I think it's easier. The, the CSA is, it feels really good because right. you're, you're like directly giving people their vet. Yeah. It's, oh, a, yeah. it's a very community supported agriculture. <laughs> <laughs> it, well, and do you fall, <laughs> fair enough. But uh, do you fall into the danger though, of like with a Fox trail thing where like I need juniper. And so that's when you get, I mean, that's how we were talking about corn farmers earlier, right? Like, there's almost a pressure then to produce that crop because that's where like this kind of reliable, dependable income is coming from. Is that a danger? It's, it's a pressure. It's always there, you know, um, and things can always go wrong. Farming is just like, there's a reason why small farms have just like, I think we've definitely decimated. realized that. Yeah. Like it I, is. It, it was hard. tough already, you know, yeah. and I think there's like, there's a lot of people that embrace the idea of encouraging small farms and like understand the value and the need to continue to have small farms in this country. But it's, then you quit thinking about it, you know? Right. And, um, and we don't quit thinking about it, obviously, but we have thought about quitting. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think anytime you put a dependency, whether it's an income dependency or somebody's, even people listening to the show, right? There all of a sudden is this extra pressure to produce and that you're going to have a moment at some point of like, I just don't want this pressure. Like I would still grow stuff for myself or I'd still talk to people just yeah. for fun. But like sometimes you just don't. It goes in phases yeah. for me. No, like, like after that CSA season is over it feels so good like we just did that but then you're exhausted like you just like okay and now we don't do anything for three weeks straight no we're not leaving the house no nothing and it's it's a sacrifice on every level you know Mm -hmm. like i mean we do instead of spending time with our kids you know in in the backyard or in their rooms or do what are playing we're down there and they're watching their parents work or they're working with us sometimes you know just but but yeah (laughs) i was gonna say this particular um 
season for us. I have literally watched our children and the other farm kids. They have this little playhouse. Yeah. They have turned it into a house, a legit house. They've put tile down. I mean, they have gathered materials. They have sold us vegetables. That's awesome. (laughs) They have their own little garden. They have a garden. They put up a fence. And I walked down there one day and I literally like, I almost cried. I was like, they are doing, they made it their own because it's not always cool to hang out with mom and dad on the farm, but they literally made their own for them. And they're kind of in that like, you know, we just made a house. We built our farm, but it's not theirs. You know, they don't, they don't want to be a part of ours, but they made one and their little crops are growing. And Sadie and James at night will be like, we got to go water our garden. And we're like, get after it, you know, go on. So my son pretends to be a failed musician as well. Just (laughs) complete emulation. But that's really because, I mean, you can say like, well, I'm not spending time in the backyard with my kids, but a lot of people are not working a full-time job and running a business on the side. And, you know, a lot of times families will come home and split off and everybody's watching Netflix or doing their own thing. Like to your point, your kids are watching you guys do something and clearly learning and processing that information. And they're going to value that in some way. Right. Like my daughter the other day said something like that was repeating something I told her over and over. And I was just like, parent win. This thing I value carried through to some extent. So that's a huge one, I think, as a parent. That was a parent win for me. I was like, oh my gosh, look at this. I took pictures and they're so excited about they it right now. Like LLC forums. You know, oh yeah. You know, there's like, also this really like tough part. Oh my gosh. I find and, myself like Sadie, like she was actually trying to like sell stuff. I was like, but you can't. And then I'm like, no, no, no. She's eight. Like we're good. I'm just going to go with this. I try to work on profit margins with my daughter. I'm like, I give up. Don't let my adult ruin her. You know, you can't sell those bracelets for a dollar. Right. I'm investing way more in the materials. I know. I really have to catch myself. But it's cool to watch them. That's all stuff you can learn, right? But like the, the excitement of doing something. And even if it's not growing stuff when they get older, but that remembering what it was like to put something together that's mm-hmm. your own is going to carry through in some way, right? Yeah. Whether yeah. it's making art or music or like building stuff or whatever. Like, because I think you have that kind of intrinsic memory of like yeah. the satisfaction of I own this plant. I own this right. result, you know? Well, it's what we were talking about earlier. They, I mean, they, they have the same, you know, desire that we do to create. They, yeah. They, yeah. There's that's in everyone, yeah. you know, on different levels, but yeah, it's, I, I agree. It's been good to, to, for them to grow up on a farm. I mean, there's, we wouldn't trade this, you know, yeah. this is, this is our choice and we're, we're, you know, would we have done some things different with the business? Yeah. You know, everybody would. Right. Everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> we're learning. But you learn from doing. Sometimes you know. we joke about writing, you know, a book on what not to do. <laughs> I think everybody who's ever tried to anything creative or new can yeah. be like, and all the things I wouldn't right. do. Like, yeah. There's stuff kind I would do definitely a, for the podcast. You right. Know, or whatever, yeah. And it would be, yeah, way thicker than the how right. to. You know, way thicker than the. The things we did right. Yeah. But honestly, it's super helpful, right? You know, I watched yeah. something the other day, like things I wish I knew when I started sure. cycling or mm-hmm lifting or whatever the thing is and it's like that is helpful because you get all the like do this do this and like maybe it doesn't work for you or you know you miss all these pitfalls because those three steps don't cover the 90 things that you have to do to get an audience or to right. get subscribers or whatever the thing is so no yeah you guys should write the <laughs> what not to you would both be great writers <laughs> Yeah, let's maybe that's what we're. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I am writing a book. What am I talking about? I've I've got you know. Let me plug this. Yeah, Please let me plug this, or, or I'll come on for another show. But <laughs> me, and, it took two years to get this one. Now you're like, and I'll be back with this other thing yeah, shortly. It's part one in four years. Just had to break the dam. Me and Kara's aunt Jean, who's a an incredible artist, visual artist. Um, you've seen Jean's stuff, the chickens, and uh, I probably i guess but yeah. i think you actually told me about it. yes i'm very excited about this yeah go ahead magic harmonica so it's it's uh it's gonna be awesome it's there's gonna be a record with it there's gonna be a harmonica that comes with it and there's this book with 
it's a cool story, beautiful images. And um, hopefully that will be out at the end of the year, beginning of uh, 22. Oh, wow. So are you so. like, you, that would have to put you close to public, like actually printing. We're ready. We're waiting for the uh, record plant to Got it. get in gear and press it. They've got a, a local like a guy that presses week. records. Really? Mm-hmm. All right, we should talk to that <laughs> But yeah, there's a local guy that has a record, like press, whatever. Yeah, well, this is these guys are not local. They're up in Ontario, and it's taken a long time. And it's yeah. they're the quickest turnaround I could find. That's nuts. Yeah. Of course, I don't know what scale you're doing it at, but there's a local guy that presses vinyl. Cool. Cool. Yeah. I need to have him on the show too. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> like right now, you want me to call him and be like, by the way, a person I've never talked to in my life. Um, but thank you guys for coming and hanging out. And it's been too long. So it was fun yes. just catching up as well. Um, I do like to ask, uh, it's not even a question. At the end of every show, though, I'm going to start a sentence and you finish it with whatever comes to mind. Oh, boy. And I kind of want to put Carol on the spot. Oh. Ready? Are you ready? Maybe. I wish I could. Oh, Daniel. Mm, I wish I could. Oh, gosh. Bob. <laughs> you want me to tell you what you wish you could? <laughs> no. You wish you could be with me more. But. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I wish we could. Can I I wish we could. Yeah, I wish we could. Um that'll be the first one ever actually on the show. I wish we could. I wish we could uh homestead for a living, like more self-sustaining for life. For yeah. life. yeah. Not just a phase of life, but yeah. forever. It's cool. Well, you're on your way. We are. And I I'm proud of it and it's been stinking hard sometimes and there's been more good than bad and um, I wish we could, you know, do it for a living to get more space and time for those creative juices to flow, I guess. Right. So, um, I'm proud of what we do and what we've done and I'm happy for our kids that they get this life yeah. for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks. Thank you. That was fun. Look What I Did is produced by Aaron Dotson and Daniel Quinn. Sound designed by Daniel Quinn. Our digital director is Heather Kelly.